ambiguity and pessimism around net stable funding ratio, NSFR, impact on paper gold backdrop The global financial crisis of 2008 led to the failure of several large financial institutions, Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, Merrill Lynch, Wachovia ABN AMRO, AIG, to name a few. The key reason was their over-leveraged positions through the use of off-balance sheet financing instruments along with poor lending practices. This prompted the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision, BCBS, I to bring in more stringent norms to enforce measures to adopt enhanced liquidity standards. The first Basel norms, also known as Basel I, were released around 1988. These assigned certain risk weights to banks' assets. Under Basel I, precious metals such as gold or silver were treated similar to cash with a risk weight of 0%. The Basel II norms, which were released in 2004, were focused on plugging counterparty risks. The bank's capital was divided into three tiers with tier I capital regarded as the least risky assets. The central banks were given the leeway to treat bullion as either tier I or tier 3. Gold bullion backed by corresponding liabilities was treated as cash with a risk weight of 0%. Further tier 3 capital was limited to 2.5 times of tier I capital. The current Basel III norms have removed Tier 3 capital and are geared towards reducing liquidity risks. Two metrics were developed by BCBS to better manage liquidity risks Liquidity Coverage Ratio, LCR, and Net Stable Funding Ratio, NSFR. LCR aims to improve the stability of short-term funding sources whereas NSFR aims to improve the stability of long-term funding sources for the banks. This article focuses on NSFR and its potential impact on the precious metals market. Net Stable Funding Ratio, NSFR, as defined in Basel III norms EI, the Net Stable Funding Ratio, NSFR, is the ratio of available stable funding, ASF, to required stable funding, RSF, or simply, NSFR equals ASF slash RSF. The NSFR essentially dictates the percentage of funding that is considered stable for the corresponding assets held by the banks. The Basel III norms dictate that the NSFR of the bank should be at least 100% to ensure enough funds for bank operations to last for at least one year. The NSFR requirements may be the most stringent macroprudential regulations released as part of Basel III norms. The banks are required to report the NSFR figure every quarter. Available VS required stable funding The available stable funding, ASF, accounts for the amount of capital and liabilities of a bank that are expected to be reliable for at least one year. It is important to understand that the capital and liabilities of a bank include, bank deposits slash savings regulatory capital and related instruments funding available with the bank, from promoter slash investor groups, trade payables, from trading activities for financial instruments, foreign currencies commodities each of the above is assigned an ASF factor, or weightage, which is a qualitative assessment of the reliability of the corresponding capital slash liability based on its effective maturity date and redeemability. ASF is derived by adding all of the weighted capital slash liabilities. The required stable funding, RSF, accounts for the number of assets, and off-balance sheet exposures, of a bank that is expected to be stable or liquid for at least one year. 
it is important to understand that the assets of a bank include, banknotes and coins reserves held at the central bank deposits held at other banks slash financial institutions bank loans financial securities equity slash investments each of the above is assigned an RSF factor, or weightage, which is a qualitative assessment of the stability of the corresponding asset based on its effective monetization slash liquidation through sale or to be used as collateral. RSF is derived by adding all of the weighted assets. Weightage assigned to assets and liabilities key points The weights assigned to various categories of assets and liabilities are summarized here. But, to keep things simple, the key points that can be derived from the assigned weights are highlighted below for ASF calculation, a higher weightage is assigned to longer-term funding as these are relatively more reliable capital and liabilities. Demand deposits and interbank overnight lending are not considered reliable sources of funding as these are short-term liabilities and can be withdrawn immediately. For RSF calculation, a higher weightage is assigned to less liquid assets as these are supposed to require a more stable source of funding. So, banks are required to increase stable funding to support less liquid assets. This means that the amount of RSF increases and NSFR decreases, RSF in the denominator, if banks have less liquid assets. Specifically, equity capital and long-term bonds are assessed as a more stable form of funding as these can be monetized fairly easily considering the overall position and health of the underlying asset slash entity. The treasury bills, on the asset side of a bank's balance sheet, do not require any reliable funding, RSF factor, 0%, as these are backed by the government itself hence considered risk-free. T-bills usually mature within three months and hence are treated as fairly liquid assets. Mortgages are assigned a higher RSF factor, 65%, as these are long-term loans and have a higher risk of defaulting over the period assets, including cash or financial securities utilized as margin for entering into derivate contracts, are treated as riskier assets, RSF factor, 85%, Physical traded commodities, including gold, are also treated as less liquid assets, RSF factor, 85%. Risk assessment for gold-backed assets and liabilities The relevant sections pertaining to gold, or precious commodities, as mentioned in the official NSFR document are reproduced below, S. No. ASF slash RSF factor category of asset slash liability 1 liabilities assigned 0% ASF trade date payables arising from purchases of financial instruments, foreign currencies, and commodities 2 assets assigned 100% RSF trade date receivables arising from sales of financial instruments, foreign currencies, and commodities. 3 assets assigned 85% RSF physical traded commodities, including gold 1. Trade payables refer to the amount owned by a bank for the purchase of any financial instruments, foreign currencies, or commodities, including gold. As such, the, unallocated, gold deposits of customers held at the banks are not considered as a reliable source of funding under Basel III assigned an ASF factor of 0%. Hence, these will not figure in the calculation of ASF. Two trade receivables refer to the amount owed to a bank for selling of any financial instruments, foreign currencies, or commodities, including gold. As such, the, unallocated, 
gold owned by the banks is not considered as a stable asset under Basel III assigned an RSF factor of 100% which means that the full amount will have to be backed by a reliable source of funding. Hence, maximum risk weight is allocated to these in the calculation of RSF. 3. The Basel III norms have particularly highlighted a separate class of asset i.e., physical commodities such as gold. In this context, the trade payables and receivables for commodities mentioned in points 1 and 2 above refer do not include any physical trade and are concerned with paper commodities only. As per point 3, any physically traded commodity, including gold, is assigned an 85% RSF factor i.e., 85% of the value of physical gold, the asset, held by banks will need to be financed by reliable sources of funding. Effective date of implementation The Basel III norms were released along with all supplementary details in October 2014. The norms were to be implemented from 2018 but were deferred till 2021. The norms were adopted by European countries in April 2021 and the commercial banks in the respective countries have been mandated to ensure complete compliance in a phased manner till April 2022. In the US, the norms are slated to be effective on June 28, 2021. Meanwhile, the other countries are expected to follow suit within the current year or early next year. The respective central banks have been provided some leeway to tweak the implementation guidelines in accordance with the financial ecosystem of their corresponding economies. However, the larger context as mandated in the Basel III norms remains intact in letter and spirit. Rationale and purpose of NSFR The Basel III norms were formulated in the aftermath of the global financial crisis in 2008. The NSFR requirement seeks to weed out several irregularities in the financial ecosystem across the economies that led to the crisis and crippled the foundations of the banking industry. Plugging the maturity mismatch The main purpose of bringing NSFR restrictions into picture is to urge the financial institutions to move towards long-term, and stable, funding sources and reduce dependence on short-term funding. This is, in turn, geared towards addressing the asset liability mismatch challenges witnessed during the 2008 crisis due to poor lending practices adopted by the banks. An over-reliance on short-term funds by banks is at the core of the maturity mismatch problem. The banks, if given a leeway, will usually resort to demand deposits, e.g., deposits of retail customers, to fund mortgages, long-term loans e.g., 30-year home loans. Why? because it's highly profitable to do so. Long-term assets-slash-bonds generally pay higher interest than short-term assets-slash-bonds. For instance, demand deposits usually garner less than 1% interest for depositors while the interest charged by banks on mortgage loans is around 4%, 5%. The banks can easily pocket 4% interest income on a 30-year mortgage by funding it through short-term demand deposits. However, the demand deposits can be withdrawn at any point in time. It can cause a bank run. In such situations, the bank won't be in a position to hold the mortgage in its balance sheet and will have to offload it most likely with a haircut causing severe loss. The NSFR aims to prevent such a scenario by putting restrictions on the source of funding utilized by banks. It essentially puts more emphasis on long-term funding sources with more than one year of maturity. Banks will have to fund long-term assets, e.g., 
mortgages, with long-term term funds to address maturity mismatch. This is expected to mitigate systemic risks to financial stability posed by reliance on short-term funding sources. Curtailing unallocated gold, and other precious metals, most of the bullion across the established metal exchanges had been settled on an unallocated account basis. Unallocated accounts only provide a sort of entitlement or license to the bullion. However, the account holder or customer doesn't have any right to physical metal and becomes a creditor to the bank to a certain degree. Being an obligation to the customer, unallocated bullion is reflected in the bank's balance sheet. In contrast, allocated accounts provide the customer with legal ownership of the physical metal. In this case, an intermediary, e.g., a dealer holds the actual bullion on behalf of the customer typically indicating the gross weight, fineness, and the unique identification number of the bullion. Similar to a bank's safe deposit, any credit or debits to the customer's holdings are in consonance with the withdrawal or addition of physical units. In the capacity of a custodian, these types of accounts are not reflected in the bank's balance sheet. Unlike unallocated gold, or other precious metals for that matter, banks cannot utilize allocated gold for the purpose of trading. The banks had been charging minimal fees from customers for maintaining unallocated accounts with them and significantly higher charges for allocated accounts in the form of storage and account maintenance charges. The unallocated accounts provided enough surplus margins to banks for trading purposes. As a result, a majority of the accounts held with the banks had been unallocated ones. At its core, Unallocated gold is a form of credit or leveraged position coupled to the price of the metal. There could be multiple claims on the actual physical unit. Remember synthetic collateralized debt obligations, DOS, which allowed clients to take further bets on the performance of other mortgage products? The Basel III norms take cognizance of such reckless leveraged positions which are highly susceptible to any price shocks of the physical gold. In essence, the NSFR requires banks to offset such speculative positions in unallocated gold accounts with stable sources of funding by not permitting them to net off their long or short positions in paper gold. The NSFR thus makes holding unallocated gold accounts uneconomical and prevents banks from engaging in any sort of gold lending. Market activity The demand and supply statistics for physical gold have been captured in the following charts and tables. Events anticipated the introduction and adoption of Basel III norms mark a remarkable shift in the macroeconomic apparatus across the economies. The norms are expected to trigger key events in the near future, a few of which the section attempts to anticipate. Declining liquidity in the paper gold and ODC market The NSFR doesn't take into account the unallocated gold held by the banks. Henceforth, there will be little incentive for the banks to hold such entities and participated in related trading activities. The unallocated gold deposits and related trade were key drivers of liquidity in the market. In fact, the NSFR guidelines are expected to have maximum impact on the OTC bullion markets which are essentially based on paper contracts. Just see the letter written to PRA from LBMA regarding the GAith, according to industry estimates, there were roughly 60,000 derivative contracts against every one ounce of physical gold. The quantum of these contracts will severely decline once the NSFR guidelines are fully adhered to. The cost of transactions in the OTC market will likely increase manifolds for all participants.
this will incur a substantial impact on trading volumes and the viability of clearing and settlement operations. Impact on banks' operations with declining liquidity, the cost of taking on gold deposits in unallocated accounts will increase multiple times vis a vis the cost of safe custody of allocated gold in banks' deposit lockers. It's apparent that the gold loan business will witness significant margin pressure. The opportunity costs for the banks will increase and they will be more reluctant to participate in the gold trade. Further, the gold financing costs for the banks will witness serious escalation which will be passed on to other non-banking players in the ecosystem including miners, processors, industries, among others. In fact, the expenditure across the gold business value chain will likely see single percentage point, or even more, increments. The banks are likely to sell assets requiring more stable funding and to increase allocation in assets requiring less stable funding, including bonds etc. To achieve the mandated NSFR levels, banks may have to restructure their loan portfolio towards low-risk liabilities which may result in a dip in profits. As a remedy, if the banks increase their loan interest rates, the liquidity in the market will drop further. Shorts unwinding and drop in OIS The banks had been taking positions naked shorts in the derivative markets to suppress the gold price which in turn upheld the credibility of the fiat currency. The implementation of Basel III norms will propel banks to unwind their naked shorts in derivative markets to close down their positions in unallocated gold. This may push up the gold price exorbitantly, although it is expected that these positions will unwind in a calibrated manner by the banks to avoid sudden disruption in the gold price. However, it can be said with a level of certainty that it will be less profitable to be short on gold from Iran. It is estimated that more than 90% of the trading in gold is through unallocated accounts. The banks are likely to pare down such positions making gold contracts entirely dependent on producer hedging. Forex Reserves Revaluation on the Cards The central banks around the world own an estimated 18% of the physical gold in the world. The gold buying from the central banks has witnessed a sharp jump since the introduction of Basel III norms in 2018. Although the Basel III norms do not apply to central banks, it does seem to unfold a sort of revaluation event for the gold reserves held by the central banks. Any upside revaluation of the gold reserves may immensely support the central banks in paying off their respective national debts accumulated over the years. Elevated gold price in the short to medium term Many analysts believe that the gold price will skyrocket post the implementation of Basel III norms. They have every right to do so considering that the gold suppression phenomenon through derivatives will disappear to a large extent. However, there are several key drivers for gold. The price of gold is majorly driven by macroscopic events including but not limited to the following, contractionary-slash-expansionary trends in global GDP figures uncertainty, and implied volatility, in financial markets health of bonds-slash-equity market market risks global inflationary environment considering the above factors, the price of gold may seem like going either way, really. In a scenario where trading in unallocated gold is being heavily penalized, the commercial banks and other financial institutions are having to earmark 85% of the value of physical gold with stable funds, thin liquidity in the OTC gold markets, difficulty in financing business operations, related to physical gold, among others, 
the price of the physical gold will eventually depend on investors' perception. How will one value an illiquid commodity? Will one value it more because it may not be available easily or less as exiting or selling the commodity may become difficult at times? Well, historically, physical gold has almost always found a buyer, and the likelihood of that changing in the future is far less probable. As such, it is more likely that the gold price will see a substantial increase in the near future. However, the upside may be capped to a larger extent due to lesser market participants in light of the fact that it may be difficult to inventory the gold supply across the world. If that may be so, the price volatility may be considerably low. In light of the above cases, the notion of gold replacing the dollar as the world's reserve currency may not seem too far-fetched. Move towards digital currencies. The Basel III norms are slated to be in full implementation through 2023. Around that time frame, several economies and central banks have been contemplating the launch of national digital currencies such as digital dollar or yen, etc. The Basel III norms may well play out as a suitable pretext for the introduction of such digital currencies. I Basel Committee on Banking Supervision, BCBS, is a committee formed at the Bank of International Settlement, BIS, which is also known as the central bank of all central banks in the world. It is headquartered in Basel, Switzerland. BCBS was established in 1974 by the G10 member countries to ensure global financial stability. 2 Basel 3, NSFR, https www.bis.org slash bcbs slash publ slash d295.pdf3lmba letter to pra https slash 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 download slash pages slash nsfrpra letter final underscore sign 20210504.pdf